0: Live from SEMA, once again, 2017, in front of the Magnaflow booth, brought to you by Magnaflow. We are on the beautiful stage that they assembled for us this year. It is the Hooniverse podcast. Uh, I have Chris, and this time we've got Will from Center Force. That's See, right. I remembered name without having seen the badge. <laughs> it's it's a getting better. It's you a said tricky. three times. You did say three times. I did say three times. It's a little tricky, honestly. And, and you know, we meet so many people while we're here, it's impossible just to just keep up. It is. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, but it's SEMA, and everybody kind of understands just because it is what it is. I mean, there's literally, I don't know, probably 10,000 people in this building.
1: Yeah, and uh, you'll get to meet someone, and you'll say their name. Five minutes later, it's like, what's that guy's name? Well, and it doesn't, you know,
0: it, doesn't, it doesn't exactly help that we're all up at the crack of dawn. For anybody that's actually here in an official capacity in terms of running a booth or here doing media coverage, we're up like, rated like five or six. Yep. We're over here setting up, and you know, I'm sure. And then you guys are setting up meetings with uh, buyers and stuff. All
1: right? meetings all day long. You're talking to different people, you know, customers or you know, anybody wanting to come up and talk to you. And then after hours, you know, you still got the same thing going on, um, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, that's the one
0: nice thing is I don't have to do the after hours schmooze dinners. Uh, I just I just go back and write code and uh, do editing. So that's
1: nice because uh, you know, you're know you standing on your feet all day long and your feet are just killing you yeah that's. I will say the, fr- the
0: very first year we did this we did it uh, entirely with a mobile rig and that it consisted of me and uh, Jeff does the show with me he'll be here tomorrow um, and we were walking around and, and our buddy Blake was still doing the show with us at that time we were walking around with a backpack full of recording gear I've never had back problems in my life I was laid up for a week after that just because you're on your feet
1: all day long all day long 50
0: like pound bag it's just it's Be prepared. Like If you haven't been to SEMA, it is a spectacle.
1: Yeah, it is. If you were to walk each and every aisle, up and down each one, it's just over 15 miles of walking. Yeah. I Well, I've got my little Apple Watch on. And last year on, I mean,
0: we haven't even been here a full day yet um, as far as like the show floor goes. Mm-hmm. But last year I was averaging 14 miles a day. I believe it. Yeah, it's easy to do. It's very yeah. easy to do here.
1: It's like wandering around Disney World. At a certain point, you're just a zombie, just like following the colors. Trying to get through the aisles with all the people. You know, sometimes it's just you're trying to, you're, you're trying to get from A to B, and you just can't get there. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so Center Force Clutches. Yes. So, this year, I mean, obviously, you guys have been around for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, a couple of years. Okay, so is there a new product that you guys are trying to push this year?
1: Um, yeah, we're always trying to come up with something. That's enticing to to the to our customers, and this year we have started getting into the uh, sport compact market again. So we have the Evo, mm-hmm. the new Evo set, uh, not Evo, not the new one, but seven, eight, and nine Evo, which those are the big ones. Which those are the best ones, anyway. The ten, eh, it's a more advanced and it's a
0: nice platform, but the the nine was, as far as I'm concerned, the best one. Yeah. So we
1: got we have our twin disc for that, uh, capable of holding up to 800 foot pounds of torque. Uh, we have two different versions uh, with two different friction materials, and then we also have aluminum and steel flywheel to go with it. But we also came up with a, a new hydraulic system to go with that. So from the master all the way down to the slave, uh, we've taken care of all of it. So it's a nice bolt-in com- complete system with uh, complemented with ARP hardware and everything else. So.
0: so by doing that, you guys are able to keep pedal feel consistent and basically make sure that it's up to that OEM quality without... Mm-hmm. You know, there are obviously a lot of competitors in your world. Sure. But you'll get, you know, I've driven all manners of modified stuff. And some stuff you'll get in and
1: you'll be like, oh, I'm doing leg presses today. Yeah. Uh, we try to stay away from that uh, as with a heavy pedal. Uh, sometimes it's unavoidable, uh, unavoidable. You just can't get away with it. You know, it's when you're dealing with a small clutch. And there's only a certain amount of ways you can achieve clamp load and, and holding capacity. But with this one, we've been able to do that without sacrificing that that pedal effort. So it's still a stock style feel um, but with a great holding capacity and drivability at the same time. So you said you were getting
0: into Sport Compact again.
1: It sounds as though you that's We were in it. You heavily I was going to say I, I I remember you guys being around, so. Heavily, you know, like when we were just talking with Catherine at Nopi, you know, mm-hmm. Nopi, that's all we did, you know, Nopi Nationals. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Sport Compact, I mean, it, actually the Toyota was our biggest number one selling uh, clutch for the for which model for all of the Toyotas really uh, yeah for for the longest time you know back when the twenty two R twenty R, R res all that stuff that's what us was us interesting uh, I figured it, I figured it would have been Honda just because they would, we did a lot of Honda yeah and um, we used to have the puck style and we were probably one of the first to come out with like mm-hmm. the uh, four puck six puck disc but at the time nobody wanted to drive them because they were hard to drive, you know, and so there well, wasn't we a lot, lot of sales with them, and people didn't like the drivability of them, so we said, okay, well, let's just do something different. That's when we had the dual friction. We are talking late
0: 90s, early 2000s at yeah. that point, and, you know, it hasn't been that long. I mean, we're talking 20 years at this yeah. point since late 90s, which just goes to show how old I'm starting to feel. Uh, <laughs> but when we're talking about that, it was just so, so many of these technologies that we take for granted now. We're very, very primitive then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm sure just in terms of material manufacturing, like that is probably a, a whole new world for Oh, it is. Uh,
1: we can do more with friction than we can do with pressure. It's always been that way. And so we've been playing with friction for many, many years now. We have our own torque tester where we test all different types of friction. You know, So we'll go to a friction manufacturer. Obviously, we're not making it in-house. But we go to a friction manufacturer and say, this we want this friction. Can we mix this one with this one? Can we do this? Can we do that? Uh, because one thing we don't want to do is step back to where we did back in the late 80s, early 90s and have more of an on-off clutch.
0: Let me pause you here real quick. If I could get you just a little closer on the mic because we're getting unfortunately drowned out by the very inconsiderate booth at Corla. Uh, <laughs> I've said that I said this in the last podcast so I'm going to say it all day because they're ignoring the noise rules here. It's pretty loud. Uh, yeah, they're over 90 decibels. Um, yeah. So okay. I apologize. Had to no worries. pause and just kind of readdress and get you a little closer on the mic because it's a little challenging. Um, okay, so you guys are getting back into the Sport Compact. And yes. I assume that's probably largely a revival of a lot of the hot hatch stuff that's going on now.
1: We've yeah. learned a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, when we first started doing it, you know, the clutch wasn't the nicest thing to drive, but it held the power. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things we could do is hold the power. So then we scaled it back, and when we started doing the dual friction, which is an organic material, so then we said, okay, well, we don't need to do this anymore because we can actually hold the power with our own friction, and that's what we started doing, and then, uh, you know, X-Brand Company started coming out, and then they really started pushing the envelope in the sport compact, doing the, you know, dopey, Oh, my gosh. that Those yeah. guys, I mean, 400 horsepower Honda, you know, everybody's saying, what? No way. Yeah, have a 2-liter normally aspirated
0: yeah. motor, it's insane.
1: Now it's like it's no big deal. I mean, that, those things are doing it, and they're doing it well. And so for us to come back into that market, we were at that point. Now we're behind everybody else. So when we started doing it, it was like, okay, we're a little late to the party on this, but we could, you know. We said, okay, there's got to be a different way to do it because we just had to have the drivability, and that's one of the things we always wanted to focus on was not sacrificing drivability.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's a drag car or something like that where you've got to do one or two quick passes, but you don't want to be dealing with that on a road course, and you certainly don't want to be doing that with daily.
1: On a street, yeah. Uh, and a lot of guys back then, you know, there's a, it was uh, what I'd call, you know, your, your rock star was using X-brand clutch, and that's what I wanted for my street car. Well, that's not necessarily what you no, really people, want for your street car.
0: People have this weird conflation where they think, oh, race parts is good on a street car. Yeah. No, don't no. go with the hardest barometer bushings. Don't go with the craziest nope. clutch. Don't, exactly. You know, hell, don't put, you know, semi-slicks on your daily because you're going to hit rain and life's going to suck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's this weird dick measuring contest that yep. people get into on this stuff, and it just doesn't make sense, but... You know, whatever. You know, I'm sure many of these people here would gladly take their money, regardless. But
1: oh, they did, and, and you know, the, the guys started learning and, and experiencing. Like, you know, after a while, I don't like driving that that car like that. You know, so that's when we were able to say, okay, we we developed and came up with a lot of new technologies and patents. Uh, you know, a ball bearing patent, the dual friction, and some of the other, other patents that we played with. And now we've incorporated all those into. That segment and that market. Where now we have a really nice piece that's durable, drivable, and uh, will hold that power all day long.
0: And, and you know, and I actually ran a center force clutch in my Camaro way, way back. I haven't owned that car in a long, long time. But the other thing being is that a lot of times when you go with a good aftermarket clutch. It's costing about the same as an OEM clutch, and you're getting a lot more power handling out of it.
1: In some cases, it's less money. Uh, you know, a lot of guys will go to you know whoever the the, the manufacturer, whether it be uh, Toyota, Ford, whoever, and they'll buy a clutch from them. Well, that's a lot of money, uh, and you buy an aftermarket clutch, well, it's not. Not nearly as much as we thought it was going to be, and it has better friction material, better components. You know that's where the quality right. comes into play, and it's something that was actually engineered and designed to work in that application at that power level.
0: Now, forgive me if I, you know my memory's faulty here or not, but I, I, at one point were you guys doing? Uh, weren't you guys doing um, uh, flywheels
1: as well? We still do. You still are doing. Flywheel. Yes.
0: Okay. So. There's a mistake that I see a lot of times in once again that idea of street versus race um, in regards to people putting super super light flywheels on yep. their car. Still do it, please. Please expound upon that. Why you? Why that's not a good idea to do?
1: Uh, it's inertia and it's energy. So it, and it's stored. Um, the problem is is when you have a car that makes X amount of torque or, or a heavy vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, I get low torque or lo- super, super heavy <clears throat> car. Yeah, and, and I tell people, inertia is your friend. Uh, you don't want to kill it all together because what's going to... And the best way for me to describe it is like trying to take off in second gear uh, versus first gear. Mm-hmm. So a vehicle that's wiped out all of its inertia, meaning a light flywheel, uh, you generally have to slip the clutch a lot more to get the car going. You know, it's rum, 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 that's rum, rum, right. rum, rum. So... Uh, when you do that, you're generating heat, which is the number one killer of the clutches, regardless of manufacture, and it just does not have that sustaining horse or the power You know, when you're just driving down the road. Mm-hmm. That engine is working harder to maintain that same speed because it doesn't have the inertia or the weight spinning on the back of the frame. So the heavier flywheel will actually get you a little better gas mileage. Right. believe it or not, because the engine's not working as hard because you have that energy, uh, versus a light flywheel that the engine's going to be working harder. So another way to explain it is that the the engine, the lighter the flywheel, the weight of the vehicle will pull the engine down a lot easier, meaning stall it. The heavier the flywheel, the weight of the vehicle does not pull the engine down, so it will just take off a lot easier. It's just like trying to take off in the lower gear, and that's really easy to to, for most people to understand
0: right but then you get certain applications that are light and still make a lot of power where can you can you can make that compromise where you can go from a cast iron to aluminum um and even then there's different gradations of the aluminum of you know you can have a 20 pound piece versus a 14 pound
1: yeah And, and in today's market you have six speeds seven speed eight speeds out there where before, we had four speeds. So you didn't have that gear reduction or that mechanical advantage that you have now. So you can get away with the lighter weight of assembly because you have that lower first gear. So it's making up for that. Uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, we run a lighter flywheel. And, and, uh, and especially in the LS market, those things make good bottom and torque. You're on yeah. fuel. You're now you're fuel injection. You're not carbureted. So the Um, the
0: newest ones are all direct injection.
1: Yeah. So and and look what you're playing with. So the the computers reacting faster than you can to any type of uh, uh, you know whatever the engine's seeing. So it it actually compensates and will add that power to it.
0: Yeah. It's um, you know cars like uh, you know. I would say the Corvette is probably a really good example of that because it's still light, you know. Like, the Camaro Mustang are probably pushing it a little bit for a lightweight
1: flywheel just because they're heavier. Almost 4,000 well 4, pounds, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, especially the Mustang now. It's, like, 3,800 or something
1: they, like that. Yeah, the, the Coyote doesn't make the torque, bottom and torque.
0: Yeah, it's a different characteristic. I mean, you probably could if you changed the cam profile on it, but, you know, yeah. you're going to lose the top end, which is what that motor is all about. Yeah. You know, so right now... For Force, what is the, what are your top selling applications? Is it is it basically still LS? It's it's LS, LS
1: is it's in everything, you yeah. know, transplant this or that. So yeah, LS has been our still our biggest market. Uh, Mustang still top up there. Uh, we do a lot with the uh, Cummins, you mm-hmm. know, the diesel market as well. Um, Those are the top three, quite is, honestly.
0: Dodge is the only one left at this
1: point. Dodge too, is the only it. one left that's doing a manual on the yeah. Track.
0: Which really puts them in a nice position because there's certain people. I mean, sometimes it's nice to be able to pick your gears. Yeah, you know. But in that regard, just with so much of the market going auto um, on everything now, and now that automatic transmissions don't suck across the board, I mean, just a no, like, lot better. The ZF's are a very nice transmission. Yeah. Or you go into the dual clutch stuff. I mean, obviously in the auto world, you've got you know clutch bands and a clutch packs mm-hmm. and things like that. Do you guys actually get into that as well? Or yeah, you do. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, we've been playing with. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, you got your twin, twin disc clutches, uh, but it's not automatic, you know. So, yeah, we've been playing with a couple little different things here and there. So,
0: Yeah, people don't, like, for whatever reason, it doesn't click with a lot of people. You still have clutch bands in an automatic. Yeah. you, you got to be able to grip it somehow. Um, okay, so we go from the most simple. We go from manual to a conventional automatic to now talk dual clutch. So have you guys started playing around in that market?
1: Um... How do I want to say it? Uh, you
0: yes, no, no comment yet. Is that uh, yes, think? we
1: have. Okay, uh, and we've we've got we've got some cool stuff coming. Okay, um,
0: yeah, just because there's a lot. I mean, obviously, those are tend to be much more expensive transmissions to work on and things like that.
1: You have a clutch for each gear. Yeah, odd gear, even gear. So it's good business for you guys. Could be. <laughs> Ho- hope so. Yeah. So uh,
0: it's um, you know there's. Obviously, you get the exotic end of it, but it's coming down in market now. Um, I mean, obviously, PDK has been the gold standard for Mm -hmm. a very long time with with the Porsche end of it, and your engineering on that is fucking amazing.
1: They're awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Hats out. Hats off to them. In your world, what's the the wet versus dry clutch in the dual clutch world? Can you kind of explain, like, the positives of one versus the other?
1: Well, it's a heat heat advantage, obviously, first thing, right off the get-go. A wet clutch obviously does not see the heat. Um, that a dry clutch would see yeah. uh, as far as slippage. And then you don't have the wear characteristics either. A uh, dry clutch, obviously, you're going to see dust. The uh, problem with that is it, it gets into everything. Uh, the wet clutch needs uh, pressure to work. Yeah. Uh, or you stack them up. You know, you need more clutches, so that's the way that works So is it work. just like, are we-, we talking like four
0: times, five times as much pressure to make that stick, or...?
1: On a wet clutch? Yeah, yeah, well, you can do it two different ways. You can either add more pressure, add them up, or change that PSI going to a segmented friction. So that does the same thing as adding pressure without modifying the pressure plate. But it, it increases the PSI drastically, and that's what they need. The problem with that... now you're developing more heat because the psi so you're creating a little bit of that every time every for every action there's a reaction uh and people look at a clutch as a very simple device but there's so many little components and so many things you got to look at when you're developing Well, these aren't the
0: asbestos clutches yeah 50 years ago
1: no no obviously we don't play with asbestos anymore anyway but uh Oh yeah, come yeah.
0: on! You don't want a little Missileio?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I like watching that commercial. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah, we get that how often now? Yeah. Any you put on any cable news channel, it's like yeah. your fifth commercial. But uh, okay, so you've got um, obviously you've got you know the Ellis platform. How is the Coyote selling? How's the Coyote good. platform selling? Good, good,
1: good, yeah, good. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, that's a high winding little engine, you know. It's so uh, we got to make sure everything works with RPM.
0: Yeah, as I've been told, really, the, the, the limiting factor on that is the accessories on that motor. Is, uh, when I talked to Banks about it, I don't know, two, two, three years ago, he was experimenting. He goes, Yeah, the alternator's pulling 1,000 RPM off that motor. Yeah. It's like Ford can spin it even harder if they want to.
1: Yeah, they can go up even higher. Uh, the, the new Voodoo uh, factory is 8,200. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is a lot for a flat plane with a 5.2. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot. We had one at the shop, obviously, and played with it and trying to get clutches to work. And the problem with that is trying to get a, cl- a transmission, the a synchros and a tranny that will work with an engine that's spinning that kind of RPM.
0: Oh, interesting. I never even thought of it from that angle. So really, at that point, when you get
1: a manual transmission, that's really the limiting factor. It's, yeah, so that's why it's nice to go to an aftermarket tranny and have it gone through. Yeah. You know, or, or, excuse me, like a bowler or somebody like that. It's whoever's messing around with the trannies and have them go through and, and do their tricks to it. You know, A lot of times it's a carbon synchro uh, with a brass overlay. The problem is that the carbon at RPM grows more, kind of like an egg shape. And it creates an uh, issue. So it deforms a bit. It deforms okay. at RPM. With centrifugal forces, right. it actually stretches out. So, that's one of the things we got to look at. And, and See, this
0: is why we get guys like you on the show, because these are factors that, like, most of us, like, even if you're fairly knowledgeable about a lot of this stuff, there's this very domain-specific knowledge that you guys bring to this. Yeah. You know, it's like you or when I have Rich on from MagnaFlows. So it's like the stuff that you guys bring up. It's just not even a consideration for most people. Yeah.
1: Well, that when we when we're developing a clutch, we got to look at it from the front to the back. You know, and here's the concept that a lot of people don't realize. And we talked about a heavy clutch. Every time you push that clutch pedal in, you're trying to push the crank out of front of the block. People don't realize that. Yeah. So you got a thrust bearing. There's only one thrust bearing, which takes that side load. And so when you get a heavy clutch, you're actually putting additional wear on that, or stress on that bearing. Okay. So, So,
0: all right. So, you're big sellers. We've got... Still LS. We've hit the big on that. What are kind of some of the markets that you, maybe the company's not working in right now, but you personally would like to play with? You know, stuff that's just kind of been kind of like an itch you want to scratch.
1: UTV. Yeah. UTV market, yeah. That's some big stuff there. Uh, and we've already played with that and uh, worked with uh, Jason Weller uh, of Weller Racing. Jason yep. and, and, and Corey, great people, great people. Uh, so we've worked with them, and they're local to us. So uh, the UTV market's a pretty big market. It's, it's huge.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, well, I mean... Yeah, and I know a few friends have gotten into trouble with them. But mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Anything else on that front? Uh, anything? What are you guys doing motorsports-wise right now? Who, who are you working with?
1: Who? Quite a few. Obviously, work with the Optima guys, you yep. know, uh, and the Hotchkiss guys as well. Uh, we do the Hotchkiss autocross. Uh, I've got a bunch there. of Hotchkiss parts on my cars. So we work with those guys. Uh, obviously, we have a, b- a bunch of players, you know, uh Jordan Priestley, JDP Motorsports, uh, he runs a C, C7 Corvette, and uh, there goes Hal Bear. Yep. Uh and uh, I just lost my train of thought, uh, Greg and Jane Thurman, they have the, uh, the Corvettes, hus- husband and wife matching Corvette, Randy Johnson, uh, Brian Finch with the, I don't know if you ever watched the, who's, uh, Fastener Redneck, are you Fastener no, Redneck, no, no. See, remember that old TV I, I, program?
0: No, I see that's the thing, is that. I haven't had cable in so long at this point. I've lost all context for most of, like, network TV.
1: Huh. It's
0: one of those, it's just a weird thing, but what, faster than a redneck?
1: Yeah, are you faster than a redneck? It's not on anymore, but...
0: uh, Okay, I'm going to YouTube it tonight.
1: It's funny. It's some crazy, stupid stuff, but it's uh, it's funny, and those guys are awesome to work with. So So
0: you guys, so obviously the Corvettes are probably predominantly road course stuff. Corvettes,
1: Camaros, Mustangs. Yeah. Focus RS, which we also came out with. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that
0: comes back to the, quote-unquote, import. Market. It's not a... It, well, it's an import from Germany. Yeah. Every last one of them is built there. And we,
1: have a, we have a new one of those sitting in our booth right now, so we just developed a quest for that as well.
0: What's uh, what's the power holding capability same on it? Same
1: thing, there? 800 foot-pounds of torque. 800 for... It's basically the same pressure plate, friction material. The only thing that's changing is uh, the flywheel. Okay. Quite honestly. Same spline, so...
0: Yeah, because that shares the 2.3 mm-hmm. with the with the Mustang.
1: Yeah, that well, yes, you there are about, a lot of transmission differences. Yeah, <laughs> there are. That's a GM based tranny and the and the Mustang.
0: Yeah, it's the Tremec. Yeah, yeah, which is Tremecs obviously are freaking everywhere. Yeah, I, I wish the other Mustangs would use the Tremecs too.
1: And those guys are great to work with as well. Tremec will. You know, we work with Nate Tovey and, and over there at Tremec, and uh, he's a great guy to work with and, and, and share information with. So on the
0: so, what were how much of a demand do you have actually on the RS development right now? How many guys do you have making big power that are going? Okay, I need an 800 horsepower clutch.
1: Nobody at that level. Okay, um, at this point in time. 600, ho- 600 foot pounds of torque right now, so the, the biggest level we play That's with. a lot out of that motor. And that's a fun car to ride in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I've got a, so my daily is a, is a Fiesta RS, so I, I've got, you know, I've got the little Ford hatchback mm-hmm. thing going myself too, and those cars are just, they've been great. I really like the, the Fiesta for the front wheel drive platform, mm-hmm. I like that over the Focus, but the Focus with the all wheel drive platform is great. If it just didn't ride like hell. I
1: right, know, uh, well, you can adjust that. Did you play with the adjustment on that?
0: Uh, no, no, and I know people. So uh, Matt, that I used to do the smoking tire with, his car was in doing some magnetic tampers and some test stuff on that. So we'll see how that kind of turns out. But that's my only gripe with the with the Ford Hot Hat, which hot is it's just they ride like hell out of the factory. It's
1: not the best riding vehicle out there, but it sure is a lot of fun to drive. Yeah, uh, I don't um, know if I'm gonna take a cross country, but
0: no, oh, hell no. <laughs> I actually got a press car just so I didn't have to drive either one of my cars out here for. Uh, for the trip from from la so where are you guys actually based out of
1: prescott arizona
0: okay so you guys are pretty local too
1: um anyway. well yeah we're 250 miles from here so we're uh, we're almost dead center arizona we're up in the elevation we're at uh, 5500 feet so most people think arizona they think phoenix will go a little farther north that's where we There's are the reason it's called the high plains yeah
0: yeah it's uh yeah it, it's and, of course, that's a whole different game when you're trying to make power, too.
1: Exactly. That's why everything I have is artificial atmosphere.
0: Oh, so it's all forced induction with it, all your stuff.
1: That's, it has to be because uh, there's lack of air up there. So, yeah. And I'm kind of a power nut. So. so what are your personal projects? I've got a uh, a 68 GT500 that I'm doing with Josh Barnett. The uh, You guys know him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, with the UFC fighter. Uh, and Classic Recreations is actually picking that up next week Jason is a great guy I, yeah. I love those guys
0: over there he's coming on the show I believe tomorrow
1: is he? yep yeah, tell him I said hello he was actually just out of the booth so him and his wife uh, and then I have the my Dodge that I run I have the Cummins it's a uh, 2005 makes about 1200 foot pounds of torque oh just and I actually ran that at here's a funny little story okay where uh, I'll buy it let's go uh I told you we'd run the Hotchkiss Autocross. Yep. So there was, at lunchtime, we all did a what we call a truck challenge, manufacturer truck challenge. And it was uh, Mike Hamrick from Willwood was in his Chevy truck. Jordan Priestley was in his dually truck from uh, JDP Motorsports. And I was in my Dodge my Dodge truck. And uh, you're the only one with a manual. No. Actually, my truck is an automatic. Oh, it is? Yeah. Is that a- not a- a- heresy at <laughs> work? Well I ordered I had to order that truck ah. and I ordered it with the manual and it was going to be six months to get the manual and when we were coming here
0: oh, so it was just a I had to have it a, yeah
1: and so we got the, the automatic and I was going to swap it out of course I never did um, that and who knows how much of a pain ass it is in that car too uh, it's actually not that big of a deal to swap it out and I'm actually thinking about doing it but uh, just haven't had the time.
0: Yeah, well, you know, your own projects always
1: come last when you've got SEMA coming up. It comes last all the time, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, we're at we're at Hotchkiss, and we, we all decided we're going to run. And I'm like, well, my truck—I'm on an eight and a half inch lift on thirty eights. You want me to run out there with these guys? That's just not even fair. So they take off and they run. I think the the Mike ran a thirty-five second lap time. I took off and I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to push this thing. I, I was afraid of breaking a wheel. Well, you know? that or just
0: pushing it too hard laterally. and just Yeah, 8,000
1: pounds throwing it in a turn. It's like, okay, this is this will be fun. Right. Uh, but soon as soon as Rob said, go, I couldn't help it. I, I just got into it. I took off, and I just blew the tires away. Uh, way too much power for that track.
0: And that's a lot of power considering you said you were on 38s?
1: Yeah. they It'll annihilate the tires. And that's exactly what I did. And, I mean, I was crossed up in the turns, and I come back around, and I ran a, a high 34, and I beat Mike. And Mike was in, I could hear him on the speaker. We all had a shared speaker, and he said, hey, Sandbagger, you know, you son <laughs> of a bitch, you know.
0: <laughs> I knew you do, you th- were, did you throw a bank system on that truck? Or?
1: Initially, yes. Yeah. And that's who took my truck um, when I had it, because my buddy was working at banks. And he says, hey, I want your truck. I need your truck for R&D. So that was the other reason for having yeah, they got it. they had
0: a hell of a facility over there.
1: And Gail, he came over, and he's like, hey, this is what we want to do. And they did their converter, their exhaust, you know, the full setup. And they dynoed the thing, and it made, you know, 1,100. And uh, at that time, it made 1,160, I want to say 62 foot-pounds of torque to the tire. And it was like, yeah, that, that'd do. You know, that thing was awesome. I mean, they did everything they had, they threw on that truck and did a big article on it, and it was really cool. But, yeah, that, th- that truck was its a pretty neat truck, but uh, to go around that track, and all four of us ended up in a low 34, so I ended up winning the thing. Um, but a testament to trucks, some of these guys are running in Novas and stuff, running the 36, you know, yeah, well, second time. They're,
0: they're, they're pigs, too, you know.
1: Well, these big-ass trucks just annihilated some of these cars, and everyone was like, what just happened? Yeah, it's like we don't want you guys run anymore because you just made us look bad. It's like I well, can't help nah, it. Tough shit. Yeah, you know, but it was fun. Like I said I I destroyed my tires, but
0: just out of curiosity, what did that make horsepower wise?
1: Uh, you right. know, what? horsepower is it's like half. So when you take a, a okay. diesel, it's like half the power. Yeah. So it's five something. To, uh, I was going to guess horsepower
0: five something on that. Well, they don't rev very far. So
1: thirty two hundred. Yeah. Max RPM. Jeez. Oh,
0: it's funny. Some of the Euro diesels now you see going up to almost six k. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. At that point, there's no like, why would you even buy a gas engine? Of course, nobody in Europe does.
1: No. Well, our, uh, have you seen our bread van? No, I've not. So it's got the MagnaFlow exhaust on it, and uh, Richard helped out a lot with that. Uh, it's a 1960 Ford Lingendorf bread van that we converted and put it on a Dodge Julie chassis, and BD Diesel built us a twin turbo Cummins with the six speed mm-hmm. so it's got a clutch in it. it's got a, a twin disc clutch in it and that one dino 1492 foot pounds of torque to the tire just just
0: 1500 yeah yeah that's
1: a little absurd 603 horsepower
0: yeah you might have a problem here
1: yeah that's fun man but man that thing it runs so good yeah so
0: okay so center force clutches where can uh, where can everybody find you guys
1: uh, obviously, our website, uh, centerforce.com. Yep. Okay. So
0: I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like, you know, centerforce blah, blah, blah. You know, no, centerforce.com. So, you guys have been around a while. You got you know, you a budget to 30 buy. 30 plus actually, years, yeah. yeah. You got a budget to actually buy a real domain. Yeah. Well, you probably have had it since they were cheap anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, do you guys have any, uh, where are you guys showing off your project cards other than CMB? You got them up on Instagram and, and Facebook? Yeah, and we have
1: Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what else is there? Twitter, uh, right. we play with. So uh, just basically Google all, all your all your social uh, social media. Yeah, Google Google our name, and um, you know we do probably more with Facebook than we do anything else. Uh, so you can find a lot of cool projects and everything we're playing with. I mean, I think we have thirty three cars here that are running our product.
0: Okay, so a few. Yeah, yeah. That's a, and for people that haven't been to SEMA, that's a lot of cars here. I mean, there are a lot of cars in SEMA, but to have 33, you guys...
1: Yeah, so, a lot of booth cars. So, um, uh, Chris Fessler, uh, he just built a new Camaro that uh, he has in uh, his booth over there. So,
0: I just wish... I see I'm so tied up with podcasting all the time while I'm here that I rarely actually get to, get to walk around and see stuff at this point.
1: I get to meet so many cool people, So, I mean, and that's what I like about this. And like, like yourself, you know, and, and you just that networking... That you end up, you know, you end up talking to all these different people, and most of them end up becoming your friends. I mean, it's just like a yeah, opportun- normal yeah, I, person.
0: I, I follow up with half the people I meet here, you know, throughout the year, just to see what's going on. Um, but once again, everybody, centerforceclutches.com, centerforce.com. Yep, go get your clutches for basically everything.
1: Yeah, it's fifteen hundred applications. Jesus. We have we have a few clutches.
0: Yeah, yeah, just a few. Thirty years experience yeah. doing it. Uh, all right. Once again, I got to thank the people at MagnaFlow for providing us with this podcast stage. We're no longer relegated to the back of the MagnaFlow booth, which is uh, interesting logistically, as you can hear in the background with the noise. Mm-hmm. But it's also really cool because we get to meet people watching the show and uh, everybody gets to hang out. All right. Thank you. Once again, I really oh, thank appreciate you. you coming out and doing the show.
1: Oh, no problem.